You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. WGHD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A Town Square Media Station. state a city or you clean or you cream a multitude of people i mean it's just like like you put all the offensive players in one bag and i just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag so each time he came over there i tried to tear his damn head off let's play some football let's play some football the pressure is on this is off the edge on tide 100.9 focus on what you want to do what you want to accomplish Think about that. Don't think about how you feel, how tired you are, how hot it is. You got to push yourselves on the field when you're playing football. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, this is the ultimate team. All these guys bought into everything they needed to do to be the best players that they could be. There's more togetherness on this team than almost any team that we've ever had. And they had to overcome and persevere so much adversity through this season. And they've done it magnificently. And I'm so proud of this group for what they've been able to accomplish in going undefeated and winning the national championship. Screening live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. Hello there, good morning, welcome into Off the Edge on a Friday morning. It's beautiful outside and we got a $25 gift card to give away from Alabama Vintage. I'm Jacob Harrison, so glad that you could be with us this morning. Show as always streams live on the Tide 100.9 app. That's your best friend as a Crimson Tide fan. It's where you can keep up with all the latest news and opinions surrounding your team. Whether it's written or on the air, the Tide 100.9 app has got you covered on Android and Apple devices, as well as on your smart home device speaker as well. Just tell it to enable the Tide 100.9 app or skill. Alabama Vintage, Charlie's doing it again. We've got a $25 gift card to give away today that you can redeem in store. All you got to do is call in and tell Joe, don't tell me, don't tell me on the air, tell Joe, who our Vintage Player of the Month is. Now, normally this contest will take place on the first Friday of every month. We pushed it from last Friday to this Friday since it was the first week that we were on at 11 a.m. Figure we get a few more names in the hat. So if you know who this player is, and and these aren't ever going to be so ridiculously difficult that you can't figure it out and you can't get your name in the pool. But they're going to be exciting players to look back on and and to, to kind of give the hints of who they were throughout their career. Kind of take you back a little bit. And then when you get back into Alabama Vintage and you see all the products lining the wall, it can help you out even more. 
and then you can find something in store, whether it's a vintage shirt, sweater, starter jacket, shoes or hats, memorabilia of all kind. You've got it going on at 2210 University Boulevard under the Crimson Awning across from City Hall in the heart of downtown T-Town at Alabama Vintage. Now this player, you've probably already seen the silhouette on social media. If you haven't, here's the roll call. You go to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and we are there at Off the Edge 109 on all platforms. You can find us there, and you can stay up to date with what's going to happen on the show every single day and get that silhouette, which is, which is a nice, it's a nice helper. And you get the first clue of the day at 10 a.m. instead of at 11.08. And you can go ahead and get your name in the pool early on. But this player is a college and pro football Hall of Famer for his revolutionary skill at the tight end position and his brilliance as a front office official. We'll have three more clues after we come back from every break. I'll give you a new clue. But this player is a college and pro football Hall of Famer for his revolutionary skill at the tight end position and his brilliance as a front office official. If you know who that is, call in 205 342 9904 and get your name entered into the drawing to win a $25 gift card to Alabama Vintage. Last month, Tommy and Romulus took it home. He went into Alabama Vintage the day after I gave him the gift card and went in and got himself some memorabilia, went in and got himself a stoplight decked out in Alabama imaging. There's all sorts of great items there. Charlie's got the hookup for you at 22... 2210 University Boulevard. We already got one name in the hat, so now's your opportunity. 205-342-9904. What I want to get into today, though, I've got a lot of things on my mind, but to to preview what I'm going to have for you on Tide109.com later today, I get a lot of props for, for my NFL knowledge. I'm very passionate about how I feel about the NFL. I was proud of how we covered the Alabama Crimson Tide alumni in the NFL last year with our Bama Pros of the Week. We'll continue that this year. Gave away the, the, the postseason awards as well. Derrick Henry taking home the Bama Pro MVP of the year last year for good reason. So going into that today... Who are the top three Bama pros in the NFL today? I think we all kind of know who number one is. He almost won an MVP last year with the Tennessee Titans. That's that's Derrick Henry. But you can go so far outside of the spectrum because think of all those defensive linemen. Think about Jedrick Wills. He had one of the best rookie seasons we've seen from a left tackle in a long time, and he didn't play a down at left tackle in Alabama. If, if offensive linemen were eligible, because apparently they're not, to win the Rookie of the Year award, you you look me in the eye and tell me Jedrick Wills shouldn't have been a contender for it last year. Kid had an incredible season last year. But is he one of the top three Bamas in, Bama pros in the NFL? Probably not. Well, what about guys like, like Minka Fitzpatrick? I know that that's a little bit biased on my part. But there's there's an argument to be made. He's the best free safety in football. I know Joe would probably argue against that with Eddie Jackson for his Bears. Two incredible players. Are, are, are either of them in the top three as far as Bama pros are concerned? You can hang around after you get your, your entry for the $25 gift card to Alabama Vintage and let me know who your top three Bama pros in the NFL are. I got to go. I got to go with Derrick Henry. Then I got to go with Minka Fitzpatrick. And honestly, one of the most underrated defensive linemen in football, Jonathan Allen. I think Jonathan Allen deserves to be in that spot for the top three Bama pros in the NFL. Joe, I, I, I know you would disagree a little bit with the Minka Fitzpatrick over Eddie Jackson deal. But, but who not do you after last year. Not after last year. Eddie had a Eddie had a poor year last year. The, the, the not poor, poorer than the year prior where he was all pro level. Minka uh, did too, but he was still he was still up there. I don't know about Eddie. Eddie had an okay year. Uh, it, you know, Eddie struggled with 
Eddie struggled in run support, and Eddie struggled with uh, open field tackling a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see him uh, find that physicality again, and, uh, and and really, hopefully, we'll be able to put him back in a, uh, a ball-hawking range, and he can make some more plays on the ball. Well, certainly, when it's a free safety, you're a little bit okay with the run support being a, a little bit off base a little bit. Minka's certainly not the greatest run support safety in the NFL. Uh which you know will lead to another conversation we'll have a little bit later because I think on the whole, as as football fans and as football media and guys that spew out hot takes, a argument took place on Twitter yesterday throughout the whole day, and it was a null and void argument the second you compare these two players because they don't play the same position. So uh, we'll dive into that a little bit later as well uh, as we continue our $25 gift card giveaway to Alabama Vintage. Again, this player is a college and pro football Hall of Famer for his revolutionary skill at the tight end position and his brilliance as a front office official. So I want to kind of keep it between Alabama football and the NFL as well because this guy was able to succeed massively in both areas. Uh, but, But looking ahead... We've got a lot of rookies going into the NFL. We've got a lot of prof- a lot of professionals who you feel very confident about uh, getting deep into the postseason. But one thing that kind of eludes a lot of these Alabama Crimson Tide players, not named Donta Hightower, uh, who yesterday uh, during the game Kendall called Mr. February, uh, it, it's kind of an elusive thing to, for these guys to find championships. So I'm kind of curious who's going to be in that spot uh, to to kind of get to a Super Bowl and and win one because when you look at the Chiefs, they don't have a lot of Alabama guys. Actually, they have practically none. Uh, you, you got Dieter at at wide receiver, but he's a reserve, a practice squad guy. You look at Tampa, they don't really have anybody of any prominence either. Uh, so I mean, you can you can look to the Browns. We've got Ronnie Harrison and Jedrick Wills. I think the Browns have one of the most special uh, rosters in all of the NFL, and I think that uh, I think that that Jedrick Will Jedrick Wills plays a massive, massive part in that. So you got Mac Wilson on that team as well. Uh, it'll be curious to see if you know he continues to. To in uh, to to hold down a starting spot for for the Browns, but but what about the Ravens who are led up front by Bradley Bozeman? Uh, but they've also got Marlon Humphrey, who's one of the best corners in the NFL. And to be honest, is just outside of that top three list that I've got uh, for for my favorite uh, or my top three Bama pros in the NFL. Uh, I might extend that out to five for the article, but I'm 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 very curious as to what folks think uh, as far as who are who are your top three Bama pros and who do we think is going to be kind of that superstar that's able to get to a Super Bowl and win one because we've been missing in that department uh, I feel like for for a long time despite there being such an abundance of Alabama Crimson Tide alumni in the NFL. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll go out to the phone lines and we'll wel- welcome Tony into the show you're listening to off the edge tied 100.9 your home for alabama sports the alabama football countdown clock is driven by crawford insurance tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer call 752-6489 for a free quote today there are there are there are 57 days until Alabama football. Hey, Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Warm and very humid this afternoon. We're expecting scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms through tonight. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, partially sunny. A chance of scattered, mostly afternoon and evening thunderstorms. The high at 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. 
205-342-9904. That's the number to call to enter your chance to win a $25 gift card to Alabama Vintage right in the heart of downtown T-Town. If you know who this player is, be sure to call in and get your entry in. The first clue, he's a college and pro football Hall of Famer for his revolutionary skill at the tight end position and his brilliance as a front office official. And how about this? Despite playing from the 1974 to 77 seasons, he still holds the record for yards per receptions in a career at the University of Alabama. Certainly a special player, certainly one worth looking back on as well. Let's jump out to the phone lines. Welcome Tony into the show. Tony, man, I'm so glad you called in. Hey, man, congratulations on the show. Hey, brother, you, you got your window down? <laughs> no, man, I'm in a Rainstorm. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I called and it was fine, and next thing I know, the bottom is falling out. I'm, I'm a little south of Huntsville. Holy smokes. <laughs> Dogs and cats. That's Everybody, incredible. Hey, I believe if you can see, hold on. Can you hear me better now? Way better. Way better. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I believe that – I'm not going to say who the person is, but I believe they also had the consecutive game reception streak until I think like Art Monk broke it or something like that. Is that right? In the NFL? Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds like, like something he would do. Um, yeah, I believe he had uh, uh, most consecutive games with a reception, and I believe Art Monk broke it, if he, I'm not mistaken. He still holds several records in the NFL. Oh, he was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so you want to know my, my, my ballers? Yeah, your, three, your top three Bama pros in the NFL. I, I don't think this can be beaten. You got Travis Henry. You got Allen, Jonathan Allen. And you got Ridley. Calvin Ridley, yeah. Calvin Ridley last year had one of the best seasons for a wide receiver we've seen out of all these guys come from Alabama. Yeah, I think you said Travis Henry and not Derrick Henry, uh, but I knew you meant. No, 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 no. I, I, I didn't. I thought I just said Henry. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, Calvin Ridley, like last year when I did the Bama Pros thing for, for Tide109.com, he was consistently, I mean, almost every single week, you know, a guy that had to be honorable mentions because I laid down the rule early. You had to win your game to be the, the player of the week. And – course the Falcons sucked but I mean he had an incredible season he was top five in almost every single uh, receiving category last year in the NFL and uh was uh I, I want to say top 15 in touchdowns that was the one thing that he was behind on yeah it, it's a shame we didn't have someone that could get the ball to him while he was at Alabama because uh he's what a talent um what did the Dolphins get in return for Mika Fitzpatrick. A first rounder and a deep late rounder. I want to say like a fifth or a sixth. Why would you do that? Well, apparently, like, it was a big, big falling out. Like, like Fitzpatrick had come to the point where it was either he goes or head coach Brian Flores goes. And, uh, you know, I, I don't agree Wasn't with that. Trying to play him at, wasn't he trying to play him like at linebacker? Well, they were playing him all over the place. They had him at outside corner, slot corner, strong safety, and free safety. And I know, like the Steelers, want to try to get his versatility going. Uh, you know, for you know, just to get that reminder of you know how valuable Troy Polamalu was because he could just react and play. Uh, but with Minka, it was uh, it felt like they were the Dolphins were putting him everywhere except where he needed to be. Uh, I don't know that you go to ultimatum status with Brian Flores because I think. He's proven over the past few years that, that he's one of the best head coaches in the NFL, or at least he, he very well can be. Uh, but I'm, I, it, it worked out in my favor. I'm not going to cry about it because <laughs> he's, well, he's one of the best free safeties Minka in the NFL. A, Minka will be a Hall of Famer. No doubt. No I doubt. Mean, there's some kids that just show up, and from the moment they show up, they're a baller, and you know they're a baller. And when you can come in and start immediately under seven in the secondary – and never be in the doghouse, and 
you know, and he go first round. He's he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So, well, uh, what's wild is his first season there with Pittsburgh. Uh, he. You know, he he was lights out. Like, you know, probably could have won. He, uh, he could, probably could have won Defensive Player of the Year. But a lot of folks thought that that his his stats plummeted, and they really didn't. I mean, he uh, he had one less interception, uh, just a couple fewer tackles. Uh, it, it it was actually he had more tackles. <laughs> he had ten more tackles, uh, just as many turnovers. And his completion percentage when teams were throwing against him was still uh, was was sub fifty. So it was fifty two percent completion percentage to targets his direction in twenty nineteen, and in twenty twenty it actually went down to fifty percent. So he actually had just as good, if not as better, of a season last year. And folks thought he declined. Uh, so I don't know what what kind of football they were watching. So did the did the Dolphins get that first round pick in this draft? No, they got it last year. They used it on a they used it on a left tackle, Austin Jackson from USC. I hope that guy's a Hall of Famer. I uh, don't think he will be. They gave one up. No, he won't. I don't I mean, think he will be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't I don't understand that move at all. Uh, you know, you get you, you tank you get you get first round picks to hold on because those are going to be the stars. And then you, it felt like they gave it away. And I mean, it only. I don't know. I'm sure that coach is something else, but the the, the, the thinking process of that he was a bust with the Dolphins. Uh, I don't think it was so much that he was a bust as it was the the disagreements behind the curtains. But th- there was it. there's plenty got of the it. fan base with the Miami Dolphins that think he's a bust. But we're talking about the same fan base that's already trying to run Tua Tungavailoa out of town as well. I mean, they've, they've got isn't no that, patience. Despite being terrible since Dan Marino retired, look, they've been—I mean, I can't even consider Dan Marino being really that big of a success for the Dolphins. They never went to the Super Bowl with Dan Marino. No, nope. they haven't been anything since Bob Greasy, Paul Warfield, Larry Zonka, and Jim Kick. Hey, they can have that, that champagne that. celebration every year. That's about the only <laughs> celebrating they do, though. <laughs> I mean, was it 72, 73, yeah, 70, like that? 72, That's, they go undefeated. It's the last time they were I relevant. Mean, they're, wor- they're worse than the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> I'll leave you with that, buddy. Congratulations on the show. I appreciate it, Tony. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Roll, Roll Tide as well. Uh, we're still in the process giving away the $25 gift card to Alabama Vintage 2210 University Boulevard in the heart of downtown T-Town, 205-342-9904. Call that number if you know who this player is. He's a college and pro football Hall of Famer for his revolutionary skill at the tight end position and his brilliance as a front office official, and he still holds the record for yards per reception in a career at Alabama despite playing from 1974 to 19. 19- 77 so uh i kind of got into it a little bit uh there with tony how with, with the troy palomalu thing with Mika fitzpatrick yesterday there was this big argument and and i know i live on two sides of twitter uh that a lot of people don't alabama crimson tide pittsburgh steelers i get that uh but yesterday there was this big debate on twitter uh troy palomalu versus ed reed and i get it they're forever linked they played against each other for their entire careers and played in one of the best, if not the best, in my opinion, the best rivalries in the NFL, especially during their tenure. But they played different positions, guys. Like, as as media analysts, as football fans, whatever. We've got to be able to look at a defensive back and see that one is playing in the box 60% of the time and the other is playing center field 80% of the time. And that's not a hit on either one. Troy Palomalu was a strong safety. His job was to roam the middle of the field and make a make a play on anything that, that came near him as well as play within his instincts. He played in a way that, that has not been replicated since and might not ever be replicated. And Ed Reed's job was to play the center field in a cover three scheme and, and headhunt the football. Be a ball hawk, and that's what he did. That's why he was so much better at that than Troy Polamalu. 
because they play different positions. It's the same thing with this this linebacker uh, deal where and, and defensive ends and all that sort of stuff. We've got to do a better job of educating ourselves on this sport that we love so much, especially when we're on national stages on social media or 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 local radio stations, whatever it may be. Get in the zone and learn the sport. Stop comparing players that are not comparable because they don't do the same things. They don't have the same responsibilities. Every year when it comes to the NFL draft, we get these guys, uh, you know, that 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 kind of poo-poo a little bit on the, you know, the independent draft scout. And it, it, it's a little bit painful because I'm a guy, you know, I do a little bit in that regard as well because I love the NFL draft. It's intriguing. It's great fun. Uh, but, you know, when it comes down to analyzing quarterbacks and trying to figure out what they can do, you don't know what the reads are. <laughs> You know, those sorts of things. I understand that some things are limited, but when you objectively look at Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu who play football, when you objectively look at, I don't know, Minka Fitzpatrick and Ronnie Harrison play football, you know that they don't do the same things. You you, you can't compare Christian Harrison and Will Anderson. Yeah, they both say linebacker on the roster sheet. They do not do the same things. They do not. They are not the same thing. Do better. Do better. We'll be back for more Off the Edge right after this. Be sure to get in line. 205-342-9904. That's the phone number to call to uh, enter your name in to win a $25 gift card to Alabama Vintage. If you know the Vintage Player of the Month, you can also hang around and talk some football with me here on Off the Edge. Tide 100.9. Credit. We aren't going anywhere. Off the Edge is available in the podcast center on Tide100.9.com. Want to win a $25 gift card to Alabama Vintage? Today is your opportunity. Won't have one again until the first Friday of August. If you know who the player is, call in 205-342-9904. He's a college pro football hall of fame tight end and was a brilliant front office official. He holds the record for yards per reception in a career at Alabama despite playing from 19, excuse me, 74. 277, excuse me, he's also still the all-time leader in catches and receiving yards in Cleveland Browns history. He was a first-round pick for him as well. Let's jump out to the phone lines and welcome Corey into the show. Corey, what's going on, man? How are you doing today, Jacob? I'm having a blast. We're trying to give away a gift card. Um, I'm asking you this, uh... As far as the top three Alabama players, uh, what are your thoughts on Josh Jacobs? I like Josh Jacobs. I think uh, when it really comes down to it, it, it kind of spreads out a little too much because I mean, there's like 80 guys in the NFL from the Alabama Crimson Tide. Every team has at least one. Most have at least two, uh, except for the Saints. I don't know what's up with the Saints. They don't have an Alabama player. Uh, but when it comes down to it, uh, you know, when you compare Jacobs to the rest of the of the running backs from Alabama, uh, he's certainly up there, but he's not on Derrick Henry's level. So if I've, if I've got to narrow it down to three, and i got to include other positions because other guys around the league are killing it, and there's already one running back in there, then i got to go with Henry because, of course, he's one of the, he's pro- he's one of the best players in the NFL, uh, regardless of school. But 
I, I like Josh Jacobs, and I love watching him play. He's one of my all-time favorite Alabama players as well. So, uh, And the Raiders are a second team to me in, in many ways. So uh, him teaming up out there with Henry Ruggs and Alex Leatherwood, Kenyon Drake in the backfield with him as well. Uh, there's a lot of fun to be had out in Las Vegas with Josh Jacobs. Yeah, for my three players, I'll go with uh, Derek Henry, Dante Hightower, and uh, Jonathan Allen. Mm-hmm. I think each of those players bring unique uh, ability. I mean, Derek Henry is the best running back in the NFL. I think Dante Hightower with three Super Bowl rings speaks for itself. And then Jonathan Allen teaming up with uh, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, and Deron Payne. I mean, that's a ferocious defensive line, and any of those four can create sacks along with the linebacking core. So um, that's a pretty good defense right there. Yeah, I'm glad you and uh, Tony have both uh, agreed with me on Jonathan Allen. He's very underrated on a league scale, but uh, he and Demont and, and Deron Payne, uh, you know, they get they get a little bit of a reprieve thanks to Sweat and, and Young, but uh, they've been catalysts for that Washington defense for a long time. And I'll tell you, those two guys, but especially Allen. You know, they played a big, big part in that first loss that the Steelers took last year, and then they made Tom Brady's life a living hell in the playoffs as well. So uh, I was glad that, that he finally got that chance uh, to get out there in the postseason scene and make some noise. Do you think there's anybody that could challenge uh, the Bucks and the Chiefs from a probably another potential collision course in the Super Bowl? Um, I think the Browns and the Ravens on the AFC side, I like the Bills as well, but, uh, I, I, I got a bias a little bit towards the AFC North cause I, I know those rosters and I know how incredible they are. Uh, and they're both stacked up with Alabama talent as well. So it'd give Alabama a strong opportunity to go up and win a Super Bowl. uh, which earlier I said that the chiefs didn't have anybody from Alabama really other than Dieter. And I was wrong. Because uh, I forgot Jerron Reed had actually signed with the Chiefs uh, this offseason. So they do have a big-time player from Alabama. Uh, and as for the Buccaneers, uh, you know, they've, they've got O.J. Howard, of course. But uh, I don't know. Like, there's things I like about the Washington football team, but especially their defense. But with all the questions they've got on offense, especially at quarterback, uh, there's, there's, really, there's really nobody on uh, the NFC that – that scares me at all uh, unless Aaron Rodgers still suits up for the Packers. If, if Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers, then you got something serious. Uh, if the Bears let Justin Fields play the whole season, you might have something serious, but rookies don't win Super Bowls either. So uh, I, I, I got a good feeling we might see the Browns and the, and the Bucks, uh, but, but that's very early projections. I'm not, I'm not staking my bet on it yet. This may sound like a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you think Mike Tomlin's, I hate to say hot seat, but toward the end of no. his career? No. No. Not even a little bit. He's, he's still a top three coach in the NFL. He's yet to have a losing season, and he's yet to do it without Ben Roethlisberger, and he'll soon get his opportunity. And that means the you know our Steelers are going to be bad for a little while, but it doesn't mean – uh, that it's the end of the world. I mean, the Steelers haven't been bad in you know since before you and I were born, and long before that. You know, so it's a uh, you know to me, I, I'm I'm not stressing about what's to come. I'm excited to see a new era of Steelers ball. Uh, Corey, we got to run to another call, man. I appreciate it as always. Good talk to you, Jacob. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Let's jump out to to George in Macon on the hotline as well. Uh, got some thoughts on the Ed Reed and Paula Malu situation. What's going on, George? Uh, nothing much. Thanks for taking my call. I think when you were trying to uh, illustrate the difference of the positions, I started thinking if it's in baseball, you're looking at a shortstop or second baseman versus playing center field. Right. Because, like you say, the, um, uh, Troy is more into the action, like you say, right behind the box, reacting and making a play. And uh, I think that he's also – you got to react much quicker than Ed Reed. Ed Reed's got about eight or nine more yards where he can think and watch the play develop, whereas Troy has to 
react right then and there. Right. Um, if he takes one wrong step, the play's gone by him. And that's kind of the way I was going to illustrate the difference of the two. And I'm kind of going with everybody else. I think Dante Hightower. Then I'm thinking um, Minka. Then, um, other than that, I, you know, I keep wanting to say Marlon Humphreys because he's oh. doing a heck of a job yeah. for Jonathan Allen. I, so either one, that's kind of my four. I'd give three, some love to Marlon Humphrey. I'd give, I'd give all the love to Marlon Humphrey. And, and you know, I'm a huge Steelers fan, and I hate the Baltimore Ravens, but I respect the hell out of them, especially Marlon Humphrey, because he's broken my heart so many times with his ability to turn the ball over. Uh, but but I'm also glad, you know, everybody's giving love to Jonathan Allen. I'm also glad folks are giving love to Donta Hightower, not forgetting about him after he sat out last year, but he's coming back for the right. Patriots this year. And, uh, you know, our resident Patriots fan, Kendall Hallwell, yesterday called him Mr. February because uh, of the the – the the uncanny ability for Hightower when the Patriots are in the Super Bowl to make the defensive play of the game. Uh, Absolutely. You, I mean, you think about the sack on Jared Goff, uh, stopping uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch on the goal line against the Seahawks, which led right. to the interception. I mean, Hightower does it all for that team, and I'm excited to see him back as well as D.J. Mosley. And, you know, you know what it – it, is, it was very difficult for me to leave off CJ and also Eddie Jackson. And the only reason I um, left off Henry was because everybody else was putting him on. You know right. what I'm saying? No, I hear you. He is the best. And, you know, um, oh, Gary Harris had um, Bo Scarborough on, you know, he interviewed him, and I was impressed with his interview. But I remember when you would see Derrick Henry as big as he is, and when Bo Scarborough would stand next to him, Bo Scarborough actually looked bigger. And that was amazing to me. <laughs> Bo Scarborough was a big dude, but I, I'd still, uh, I'd still take Derrick Henry uh, any day of the week, uh, especially. He's a machine. I mean, it, it's Henry insane. Is a machine. Yeah. Well, listen. Thank you for taking my call, and I, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to your show. I appreciate it, George. Take it easy, man. Bye. That was George. If you uh, want an opportunity to win this twenty-five dollar gift card. We got about 20 minutes left in the show. If you can guess the vintage player of the month, college and pro Hall of Famer, tight end, and a brilliant front office official in the NFL, still holds the record for yards per reception in a career at Alabama, playing from 1974 to 77, and he's still, still the all-time leader in catches and receiving yards in Cleveland Browns history, and he's only like third or fourth on the all-time touchdown uh, reception list as well. So this guy was a monumental cornerstone of not only college football, especially here at Alabama, but also in the NFL as well. This weekend, we've got uh, some fun stuff going on. Uh, we got the UFC. We got Connor versus Poirier. And, you know, I'm not a big UFC guy. Uh, me and Joe keep up with it a little bit. Joe more than me. Uh but I do know, you know, Conor McGregor hasn't won a fight, has won one fight in five years. And that's disturbing, right? That, that's unsettling. But here's my thing with the UFC that I think is really, really funny. Because what UFC did was take a lot of those uh, wrestling fans from the 1990s, you know, the Attitude Era fans that kind of grew out of wrestling when it started becoming uh, a little too kiddy or whatever. And what, they wanted something real and gritty, you know, something no holds barred. Two barbaric men going at it, whatever, and get in the octagon and kick each other's ass, right? I think the UFC has played itself. I think the UFC has relied so heavily on these stars that can talk and can carry a mic and can promote that they've almost kind of thrown themselves off a little bit and entered too far into the WWE landscape where it's becoming so far into the entertainment landscape to where the ability to, to create stars is less on who's dominant in the octagon, who's dominant inside the cage, and it's become who can promote more, who can sell. And, and selling's a big part of entertainment. I get that. And at the end of the day, UFC, no matter what it wants to say, is an entertainment company. But still, you have to, you have to want a good product out there. And I get it. Conor McGregor, the last win he had, was it was impressive. You knock a dude out with your shoulder. That's cool. That's fun. That's awesome. I like that. 
but you got to win other fights, bro. Uh, and and you got to stick around. And uh, I got I got a strong feeling that this Dustin Poirier guy is going to take it to Conor McGregor, and it's going to be the last you heard of Conor McGregor. Much like uh, much like guys in the past with with John jo- uh, John Jones, Ronda Rousey, all these kind of character stars of the UFC. I think they've played themselves out out of actually being able to build stars based solely off their credit, not just off their ability to sell the product. I may be wrong on that. I, I just think it's funny that, that that side of the sport has delved so much into the WWE. Let's go back out to the hotline. Welcome Jeff into the show. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing incredible. We're having a lot of fun here. Yeah, great. Yeah, the three top guys at the NFL right now, Alabama, uh, I, I, I agree with Derrick Henry. Minka Fitzpatrick, and I'd also go with Jonathan Allen. When you talk about Minka, I mean, what were the Dolphins thinking when they were trading him? My son and I have this discussion quite frequently. Uh, I think it was Miami couldn't really. They had him all over the place that year, and he wasn't really into in, in one in one specific role or one defined right. position. And then he goes to Pittsburgh, and I think halfway through the year, he still makes the Pro Bowl in about six, about seven or eight games. <laughs> so that just tells you, I mean, why? You know, I, I don't, I didn't understand, I didn't understand that. Um, uh, Jonathan Allen, absolutely. Derrick Henry, I, uh, the receivers. I mean, Ridley had a really good year last year, and I think uh, guys like Judy and Ruggs this year are going to have better years. Uh, reading the reports out of Las Vegas, it sounds like Ruggs has really worked on his route tree in the offseason, so uh, that sounds encouraging. I, I'm excited with uh, with Ruggs and Judy because of uh, what they bring to the game. What concerns right. me is their quarterbacks. Uh, Absolutely, <laughs> I've, I've been a big fan of Derek Carr in the past simply because he was finally the guy for the Raiders, and I keep right. a close eye on the Raiders because of where they at, and I like the way their organization is run for the most part. Uh, yeah. Even though they're big, big rivals to my Steelers, but Derek Carr just he has failed to to flip the switch since breaking his leg, and uh, and you know when you got rugs out, you know beating a, a defensive back by ten yards, you got to put it out in front of him, big dog. Like he right. can't slow down for that. That. That's how you yeah. stop touchdowns. Uh, but with Judy, yeah. uh, you know the question mark at, at quarterback is a little bit concerning as well. But he's still right. he's still in the NFL, one of the best route runners that that the league's got. Right. Yeah. I've, I've been a Raider fan since like '72. I was eight years old, and I I've I've been a Raider fan. My son's now just become a Raider fan, and I'm 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 trying to tell him. I said, look, you need to you need to you need to pump the brakes here. Because if you just walk, if you, well, if you just you know, I'm I'm a balanced Raiders fan. Let's put it that way. Right. I said. Uh, Hey, I told him, I said, uh, you know, let's watch last year. We were watching the Jets and the Raiders, and that's when Derek Carr and Ruggs caught the winning touchdown pass. That was mm-hmm. probably the only pass he threw on that type of pattern to Ruggs where he actually led Ruggs, exactly. where Ruggs didn't have to wait for it or kind of, or he underthrew him completely. And you're right, you have to lead him. And Derek Carr, since the, since the broken leg in 20, I think it was 2016, he, he just hasn't been the same player. And, uh, the thing is, is it's a quarterback league, and if you don't, have anyone if you say let's trade Derek Carr you know you hear a lot of that you trade Derek Carr or, hey let's try to trade him. well who are you going to go get that's e- at least equal or better you don't want to go backwards so right. I think the Raiders are in a situation now where they're going to have to kind of bite the bullet let's just hope Ruggs uh has, has the talk with him hey you know you need to adjust here and put a little more crypto in that arm when I'm when I'm running a, a fly pattern and I'm running a double here you need to you need to kind of put it out there so I can run under it what do you think uh, as a Raiders fan because I hear a lot of people very critical of Mike Mayock and Gruden the way they run the team yeah. the way they draft uh yeah. you know they go take Alex Leatherwood uh with the 17th overall pick and you know it's surprising to most but if they flip yeah. their first and second round picks nobody's blinking an eye uh and he fills the gap at right tackle but you know the the building with guys who have succeeded on the college level they're getting all these Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson guys to come in and fill out their roster. What do you think about the way that Mike Mayock's building that team? I don't like that at all. I'll be really? I, I don't like Mike. I think Mike was great on the NFL Network when there's no pressure on him. I think he was great uh, uh, with an, at Notre Dame when he was just doing color commentating. But when the pressure's on, I mean, you're, you're paid millions of dollars here to make these decisions. And I think, uh, let's just go back here. I thought it was wrong for uh, them to fire Jack Del Rio in 26, whenever they fired him and bring Gruden. And I think yeah. Gruden really... I mean, he's got a $10 million contract. As soon as he signed that, I looked at my son and I said, well, Reggie McKenzie, who was then the GM, he's a lame duck. He's not, he's not going to be able to, he's not going to be able to come back. So what do they do when they get together? They trade Khalil Mack. They have, and, and they get draft picks and draft picks are great if you use those properly. If you can draft really well, but uh, John Gruden and Mike Mayock as a team have not proven they can draft and develop. I mean, they, they, they're reaching. Not that Alex Leatherwood, for example, is not going to be a good player. 
a first round draft pick. You might have that that wasn't a good value pick for him when they could have gotten him later if they would have done their homework and saved money and possibly gotten someone who you know at, at first round who was a better value. Same thing with Cleveland Farrell, a defensive lineman out of Clemson. I knew that was a mistake with Josh Allen on the board at that time. And I sat there very calm. My son was you know he was all hot and bothered, and I'm going. You need to you, you need to be coachable and teachable from dad here. I know what I'm talking about. I've been right. a fan since '72. I've been I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly from the organization. And I I just thought you know with Khalil Mack there, Amari Cooper, they have not replaced those guys yet. They've had draft picks. It's nice to have those, as I previously said. But if you cannot cash those in in first-round picks, because a first-round pick in the NFL is like gold. You're expecting that person to be a solid starter or a Pro Bowl-type player, period, end of discussion. That is what you're looking for with your first-round pick. And even really your second-round pick, you're really looking for them to be an absolute starter. But I think there was a, uh, a stat I looked at the other day. Out of the 25, I think 25 picks that the Raiders have had since Gruden has been there, 16 of those haven't panned out Ooh. in some fashion or form. And, and he's not going to get fired, I'll tell you first. It's going to be Mike Mayock. Gruden will have the golden parachute, but eventually Mark Davis is going to have to say, I made a mistake here trying to bring something back here that was never going to work the second time, not like it worked the first time. Because if you go back, you know, when he was hired in the 90s, that's what they needed at that time, nice, you know, young, up-and-coming coach. But now I, I just think he basically uh, stole that money for stealing money from the Raiders. And I, I'm a Raider fan. I'll I speak very blunt, so oh, you got uh, to. So I, and I don't, I don't get I, I, when I get emotional. It's like these. And I try to tell, explain to my son just because these executives make millions of dollars, that doesn't mean they know what they're doing all the time. That doesn't mean that they can make mistakes. So we don't know what goes on in the war room or any of these war rooms. But when we see the results on the field, and that's what we're all looking for, and they're not there, then you know somebody has to answer for that. Yeah, you can make mistakes. You just can't make them successively. Uh, back like to, say, back to, back freedom, to back to back. We all have freedom of we all have freedom of choice. We just don't have freedom of consequence, and that applies to all walks of life, even in <laughs> even in sports. Even the Raiders. <laughs> no, I agree. Absolutely. All right. I appreciate it, Jeff. Time. Absolutely. Somebody. Fun fun phone call there with Jeff. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Give you the final clue and your final opportunity to win a $25 gift card to Alabama Vintage right here in the heart of downtown T-Town. I'm Jacob Harrison at OTE on the Twitter account. This is Off the Edge, Tide 100.9. From the Town Square Media News Center, we've got a wreck on 2059 westbound at the interchange of 359. Lane blockage and delays, you might want to avoid the area until the authorities are able to get this cleaned up. Once again, it's the 2059 westbound interchange with 359. I'm Captain Ray. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Warm and very humid this afternoon. We're expecting scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms through tonight. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, partially sunny. A chance of scattered, mostly afternoon and evening thunderstorms. The high at 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Follow Off the Edge on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for live streams and instant analysis. Off the Edge with Jacob Harrison continues. Last chance to win a $25 gift card to Alabama Vintage here today on Off the Edge. Here's your final clue. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion as a general manager for my hated but respected Baltimore Ravens. If you know who he is, the Alabama Vintage Player of the Month, call in 205-342-9904. We got just a couple of spots available before we draw that name and let you know who's walking away with a $25 gift card to Alabama Vintage. We've got a lot of news as well to keep you covered at Tide109.com. Last night, me and Karan Cadell uh, teamed up for the top 10 questions uh, facing the college football season this year. Uh, had a lot of fun with that, by the way. Uh, you heard my five questions, so you can go to Todd109.com and uh, check out what Karan's top five questions were as well. He brought an interesting one to the table in uh, Malik Willis with the Liberty Flames, and is he the real deal? Can he be that guy that, that pops up and becomes a first-round pick, as many expect, that he very well can? Or how about Jaden Shackelford? He's narrowed down his tra- transfer choices to Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech, 
but he is still open to returning to Alabama. He told that the stadium uh, last night, I believe. Uh, we'll have the news and information there on Tide109.com as well. I'm excited that, that the door is still open for Alabama. Of course, he's one of my favorite players on the team, and I'm hoping that that is uh, the case, that he does return back. Alabama could certainly use his three-point scoring services in related basketball news, by the way. The Suns taking that 2-0 lead in the NBA Finals last night. I'm feeling very confident about Suns and five. Now, I say five because these games go back to Milwaukee. I feel pretty confident uh, that Giannis is going to be able to turn it on at least once and will the Bucks to victory on his back. But right now it's five on five on a half out there because uh, Giannis isn't even 100%. He's still airballing uh, these these free throws, and no, nobody can stop DeAndre Ayton. Nobody can stop stop Chris Paul. Nobody can stop Devin Booker. Uh, it's only going to get more ugly after this. Uh, the Bucks might pull one out, but I'm still ve- feeling very confident about Suns in five. Also excited about Jeremiah Alexander, the five-star top player in the state. He's an edge rusher. We know we love our edge rushers here on Off the Edge. Big, big welcome to Thompson's Jeremiah Alexander committing to the Crimson Tide yesterday. Joe, who wins a $25 gift card today? Well, we got 10 entries. Pick a number, 1 to 10. Four. Number four is John Caldwell. You are the winner. Congrats, John. We'll get in touch with you, and we'll get you a $25 gift card to Alabama Vintage. Thanks so much for everyone hanging out with us today. Enjoyed the phone calls. The Jay Barker Show is coming up next. That'll take you to 2 o'clock. And then Ryan Fowler from 2 to 6. Tied tonight from 6 to 7 as well. I'm going to go catch some lunch. You do the same. Have a good weekend. Be back with you tomorrow at 8 a.m. for the Saturday morning showdown here on Tide. 100.9, your home for Alabama sports.